What is up, Make Community? It is a Monday. I'm not going to lie. It feels, I don't know what it feels like. It feels like I've been kicked in the face today like on this Monday. Monday. It, no, it doesn't feel like a Monday because I like Mondays. I'm a Monday fan. Uh, but I've got, I've got Dylan over here on my left on a computer screen. Here, kind of on a computer screen. I see your name. I see Dylan Mitchell right there on the screen. Um, I like what you said, Dylan. You said your bandwidth is low today, so I'm not going to see you on video. And I was like, my bandwidth is low too, but it has nothing to do with my internet connection. So uh, how are you doing over there in San Diego, bro? Uh, good. That marine layer we talked about last week is still kind of looming. It, it's it's a weird season right now. It burns off uh, around noon, and then it's bright and sunny the rest of the day. Um, yeah, it sounds rough. Yeah, it's it's something. Uh, we've had like 80-degree weather, and I know I can't complain about that because you've had your 180-degree weather. So I don't complain uh, about that, bro. I love it. <laughs> it feels so good, and I love hot, so you know that. Um, but I did check the forecast, and our weather is going to go back to like mid to low 70s this coming week so that's super exciting for me because that's way more my jam that's that's good san diego weather right there um well that's fun and now we've got with this on the other side of me uh we got amanda nelson over here hi uh all right we're gonna start this all over again um let me play the bumper music <laughs> again uh we just got the episode to start over like i have whoa. a lot of energy today. yeah you do yeah. more more than i would anticipate yeah. out of you this morning like Welcome. did you get a lot of rest last night i did yeah yeah i did not um that's normal it is. That is. <laughs> it is actually kind of normal. I got a little less. I like yesterday. I'll be honest with you guys. Like I got. Okay, so yesterday we closed out our series Bogo. We talked about celebration and what it means to celebrate well the redemption that we have, the redemption of others. Uh, when I tell you, like I, I feel like I preach hard every weekend. Like I, I bring, I bring three just high energy messages every week. Yesterday I walked off stage at twelve thirty and I was like, my body hates me. Like everything, <laughs> everything about like I put. It was one of those where you're like, where they talk about leaving it all on the mat or all on the floor. Like it you was, all, it was all left on the stage yeah. yesterday. And I, it was apparent. I, my daughter, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Ella, she called me yesterday afternoon and she was like, dad, you don't sound right. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Thank you, you don't look right. Like, you know, I got, <laughs> like, I got all offended. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I'm a little tired. She was like, why don't you go lay down, turn on some football and take a nap. And Perfect. so I never take naps on Sunday. I went up in our loft yesterday, turned on the TV Cowboys didn't play till late, so I didn't really care, but I just put football in the background and I dozed in and out of consciousness for, for a good couple hours. You and, deserved it. Oh, I don't know if I deserved it, but I, I took it. <laughs> I took it. Um, so, uh, so anyhow, we, we closed out that series yesterday. I'd be interested from you guys. What thoughts, what do you want to lean into? Dylan, what you got over there in the, that side of the country, leaning into this whole celebration piece, Amanda, you got all sorts of footage yesterday for social media and all that kind of stuff. So guys jump in. What do you want to talk about? I'll go first. Yeah, I, oh, the yeah. idea of like epic celebrations um, kind of uh, kind of sat well with me. Um, I, I don't know how else to kind of jump into that, but like epic epic celebrations, and I think us as Christians, like the idea of us as Christians being really good at epic celebrations. Yeah, um, like I, you can go back to like the '60s, '70s, and and act like you know Christians are like super anti like party and like we're like you don't dance like in Baptist churches, you don't dance like that. Like all of that. I think that's still like in the 2000s. Negative connotation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like us, us learning to lean into that, like it's okay for us to like to celebrate. Um, celebrating is good. Um, especially when there's reason to celebrate. Um, and that comes with, with celebrating life change. Well, and good times. Come on. You know, I mean, what, about, what about you over there? Like a redemption party. <laughs> Made up my own 90s hip-hop line yesterday. It was good. It was fantastic. Everybody laughed at everything that you said. 
and you made very light of a very kind of serious type of thing. But people don't feel comfortable on Sundays. You can tell, like you said, they have their hands in their pockets yeah. or they don't put their hands up because they also feel like people are looking at them like they're Ricky they're Bobby. I, I they're don't Ricky know what to Bobby do with my hands. Every time. Like it just keeps raising. Yeah. yeah. But you put it out there that like, no, that's that's how we should be celebrating. Get your hands out of your pockets. Put your hands up in the air. Enjoy the worship music. Would you say Sing. wave them like you just, just don't, care. don't care? And they were. Did you see them? <laughs> well, I have a video. So I, I grew up, I don't know how you guys grew up in church, but I grew up in church in very very chill, laid back, legalistic. Like you don't, you don't move. Like you, you stand there, you sing your four stanzas of the songs in the hymn book, which which again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's some people that, that I get it. Listen, some people are never going to be expressive. That's just how they are. They, and I'm okay with that. Like if you're in your heart, just don't give disdain to those that are. Yeah. And I, and this is why I say I grew up in a church it was a little legalistic because we would have these like area wide revivals. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. these and they, they weren't really tent revivals. They were just on a Sunday night at another church and we'd rotate churches. And I remember we'd go and it was like, if the, if the Pentecostal church showed up, it was like, Oh, they're charming snakes. Look, they got their hands <laughs> raised. And you're like, what? Like, I remember growing up, I was like, I was always intrigued because I was like, I'm a musician and I'm, I'm expressive and creative and I like to dance and I, I like all those kind of things. And, and so I'm watching, we would go these things and they had this freedom and I'm watching us like our church and our people, and they're looking at them with judgment of like, yep. you don't, you don't do that. That they're crazy. Yeah, they're probably rolling on the floor and doing weird so stuff. So that's your and, thought now. If I do right. that, I am that, and I am judged yeah. if I do that the yeah. same way they are. And, and like, I'll take it back. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Like, I remember going to college, going to a great church that I actually interned at um, for almost a year, and it was the first time that I was in a room where everybody was expressive in their worship. And it wasn't like over the top. It was like I think they like touched down Jesus, you know, raising yeah. their hands. Um, and some people were like, "Hold the baby," kind of worship, like hands to the side, cradling. You know, um, it, it wasn't like running around the room and losing your mind Speaking and tongues everywhere. Right, but I remember going I, the first time that I had that experience myself. It felt so like I was going to get in trouble. Then my mom and dad come to visit me at some point when I'm leading a church in our church. Obviously, you guys know Pantano and church where I came from in Ohio. Like we, we just created a culture of expression and worship. And I was nervous for my parents to come to church because I was like, they're, they're going to judge me. My dad's going to judge me. He's yep. going to be like, what is, what have you created? Like yep. you, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't like snakes. So I'm going to determine those. Um, but the reality was now I'm watching my parents see the beauty of expression. Yep. And I think a lot of us grew up in environments where if, if you did anything more than just sing what they told you to sing and stand straight forward, um, it, you know, you couldn't laugh during a sermon. You couldn't, you know, we have people in our auditorium talk back to me while I'm preaching. Like they're, they were telling, they're, you to they're telling me to dance. They're telling me to do, I'm like, well, y'all got to slow your roll. I'm the yeah. one with the notes, not you. <laughs> Chill out. Um, but the reality is there's just, you didn't do that stuff when I grew up in church. Right. You know, Dylan, how was it for you growing up in church that way? I mean, yeah, I, I grew up in, in the Southeast, um, Southern Baptist. And so like you, you can kind of paint that word picture in your mind. You're Kevin uh, Bacon, bro. <laughs> you are footloose. I, I, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I remember the first time I went away to a conference, um, and it was like a, a non-denominational conference, um, that our youth went on and I was a youth leader at the time and just watching people, uh, literally the most extreme thing that happened was they raised their hands. I was like, what is that? Oh no. They what is that? Hands. And it's like, it wasn't like, for me, it wasn't out of a place of like, stop that. Don't do that. It was like, I've, I've literally never really seen that. 
like I've seen that if you watch like a Hillsong music video or something. Um, but I've never seen that in person and um, just kind of feeling the freedom of expression. Um, like it, like if, if your expression, if your form of worship is literally to just stand there and, and be in God's presence, then that's fine. Um, I, I don't understand like where I'm at now. I don't understand how you can want to do that. Um, like whenever I find myself in God's presence like that, I can't stand still because I'm genuinely so excited. Um, so like for me, if I am front row at a worship night, jumping up and down, it's not for show. It's not to, to do my own thing. It's because I am literally so excited to be in that moment in that place. Um, and so coming from, and, and I think that maybe some of that is pent up from growing up in an environment where that wasn't what was done. You, you got some, you got some Baptist, Baptist pinup blood that's trying to get up out of there, right? Uh, but I think about, you know, I think about the, this is where I get with myself. Like I found myself going to sporting events, concerts where, man, I was so much more expressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to watch a bunch of dudes chase a ball and chase each other and then hurt each other. Yep. And I, I like people paint themselves. Oh yeah, they go. They, all they out. paint themselves. They wear jerseys. They 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 look like they're football players. They they look like their favorite athlete. They lose it. Like I'm watching Sunday night football last night, and I mean, you, people are screaming at each other in the stands, and they're they're fired up and they're high fiving, and I'm like, for football, for a guy that's making two hundred fifty million dollars yep. a year, yep. that that you keep saying, well, we lost today. I didn't see you strap up and get on a field today. <laughs> like, don't say we. You aren't a part of the team. <laughs> Um, or, or I would go to concerts and, you know, being in the music industry for a hot minute, seeing people in the crowd, like with their beer hand up, like worshiping, they got their hands up singing at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, why is it that I go to a sporting event or to a concert and people, and part of it is we have this innate nature inside of us to worship. Right. We just don't understand what that is. So we, we put it in the outlets of sports or music or wherever. But if you put it in the confines of the, the church, I think that's where we miss the boat is like, why do I celebrate better in a stadium with 50,000 people for a stupid game yep. that, that has no eternal for these guys who no do. eternal outcome. Yeah. You know, now their platforms may, I know somebody will make the argument, well, people love Jesus play sports too. They do. That's great. But, but I'm talking about my personal worship. If I'm more fired up for that than I am. And somebody a couple of years ago was like, well, then we should throw Gatorade on you at the end of the message. I'm like, I mean, you could, that'd I'm be, weird. I mean, that'd be weird, but I mean, <laughs> Don't, don't well, and I, I think you could go as far as to even contextualize it in different avenues too. Like me and me and Liz on on staff. Yep. Um, Liz Marco are both Disney fanatics, and so I guarantee her experience going to a Disney park is probably similar to me going to a yes. park. You get very excited, the fireworks, the parades, what like, and you're in that moment. You like that for for me. Like I don't know, I like going to to like a Padres game, um, but. For me, that Disney moment is that moment for me. Um, and there's thousands, tens of thousands of other people there. So like it, it's not even necessarily just sports, sports arenas, concerts. It, it, it's anything like anything can become your ultimate worship. Well, it's like Comic-Con was in town last weekend and I'm looking at all the photos of people at Comic-Con and I'm like, wow, they're cosplayed up like they're they're dressed up as yeah, that guy looks like Thor. Well, not like Thor. He looks like a very wearing the same clothes. He's the cheap version of <laughs> Thor. He's more like Thorn, um, you know, or Thimble. Um, you know, there's Dark there's Dark Vader. He's a little 
little on the darker side, just not quite all the way there. Um, and I look at I look at all these things, and I just think about in the context. If we truly have the greatest story to ever tell, we have the greatest news to give anybody, and yet we we stand arms crossed and act like it means nothing. Yep. It just, the same, I and I know this firsthand, like the same guys that stand in church with their hands in their pockets and don't ever utter a word or celebrate are the same guys that I've sat with and stands at football games that scream their heads off. Well, it's weird that they feel more comfortable at a football game to act crazy, right. cheering for some guy on a field, but the second they walk into church, they feel uncomfortable. Which, I, which I think goes back to the culture that the church has created yeah. of you getting thumped in the back of the yeah. head by dad if you make a noise versus learning and teaching I, like I loved yesterday and and Dylan I, I don't know if you saw this um, but in all three services yesterday um, at the end of service I say the end the middle of service we had two songs after the message our students in every hour like they bum rush the stage oh yeah which we had two new security guys yesterday which was really funny and they're like what, what is happening do? what do we do it was do Phil it was yeah. Phil what, what, are what are we doing and uh, we need that sound on the board by the way 100%. Um, and then all of a sudden, what, what it caused was, is now you've got 50, 60, 70-year-olds that storm the stage with them. Yep, jumping up and jumping, down. Jumping, and I'm like, oh, we're going to have broken hips. Which we're caused gonna, like, Drew, the singer, uh, his, his second performance, yeah. he was doing, he did almost a backflip. Oh, he was, he was having was the time insane. of his life leading worship. Absolutely. Um, and I watched the, like, the cultural shift that happened yesterday. Um, yesterday felt like we were a part of an epic good news event. Yep versus just showing up, going through the motions and walking away. Systematically, it felt like something shifted. Even this morning before we were getting ready to record the podcast, Dylan, before we went live, the door to the studio was open. And uh, you know Bobby um, from our seniors ministry. She walked in and of course she's Bobby with her British accent and being all cute and and obnoxious like she mm-hmm. is. And, uh, and I joked with her, I was like, Hey, I saw you yesterday. What'd you think about all the, all the worship? She goes, Oh, I, I want to be right down there with them. Mm-hmm. And I joked with her, I was like, why weren't you? And she was like, well, I didn't want to embarrass my daughter. And I was like, ah, truth be told, you didn't want to have to figure out how to get down there. But the reality <laughs> is like when our, when you got 85 year old women and men that are excited for energy. Who've been in this church for well, decades. She's been here since the day it opened. Yeah. So she's been here 61 when years. it was keep your hands in your pockets. And, and so, and I had people yesterday after church that have been here almost that long ago to see the progression of Pantano even. Now, again, this church started 61 years ago. The culture was so much different. Yep. Um, and, and not just church, but in the world at that time. And so, but to see how the leaders of this church have progressed the church over the last 61 years to be a place where you do have freedom to worship. But I want this to be a place, and we talk about this a lot, of where I, wanna, I want a dude to walk in here and go, I want to be a part of this. Yep. Um, and that's not, you're a woman, obviously. Um, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Hope so. Last, um, last, last, <laughs> last we checked today, that's that's what you are on the yep. podcast yep. Um, and outside the podcast. Uh, but as a woman, like, I'd be interested to get your feedback on this because we, we plan a lot of our stuff for uh, for a dude to come to church. Yep. And, and it's not that we don't want women to come to church. We definitely want women to come to church. We want children and students and everything to come to church. But we know statistically that if mom comes first, about 35% of the time, the family follows. Right. If kids come first, ironically, it's about 45 to 50%. If dad comes first, higher. it's almost 90% of the time yeah. the family follows. And, uh, and I think there's been a, a degradation in culture because men have not been what God has called them to be. So I would like your input as you see what's happening in like the Drews and the Stephen Jobs and the um, the Kennys and yep. the Chris's that well, we have on our stage. That wear their Raiders gear. Oh yeah, man. All of we're giving them all a voice. But I think what it is is 
you're used to men not expressing themselves. It's right. don't cry, show you're strong. So then when they're here and they're praying over people, like Drew will run to the front, pray over somebody. Stephen yeah. Job's tossing himself all over the place. Those guys in their Raiders gear, so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Then you see it and you're like, well, now I want to be a part of it. And then they're worshiping. Well, now I, now I can worship because they're worshiping. If nobody's judging them, nobody's going to judge me. Yeah. And you get more comfortable. But yeah. then all the women have been behind their men doing it with them. And that's guiding all the other women. Now I feel comfortable that nobody's judging me. And yeah. more hands are up every Sunday here. It's just, it's cool to see the freedom. Yeah. Um, and I say specifically for men to lead out for their families that have never let out before, it makes it makes an impact. Um, to watch my dad go from not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus to leading in the church, it, it's systematically the reason that I'm in ministry is my dad. Um, Dylan, from your standpoint, like what it, you're generationally, we kind of, you and I span two different generations. Like how does that play out as you watch kind of the movement now of seeing men actually express themselves in worship? Because I know you probably grew up on the tail end of an era where that still wasn't acceptable. And then knowing that you grew up in the Southeast in, in the South of the East, um, yeah. you didn't see it probably hardly at all. Um, yeah, it, I saw it a little bit with my dad. Um, my, my dad is, uh, we've talked about, you know, our dads before on the show. Um, and, and for, for all that my dad did, one thing that I think he got right was setting the example with worship. Um, because he grew up, uh, in, in youth choir. So he was like in youth choir. And then as he got to like to be a teenager, he was still like they, his church did like a touring church choir and he was in it. Um, and so my dad has a great singing voice, um, that he is, it's a little bit of a dichotomy for him because he's like a little embarrassed to sing because he does feel that now because like the culture that like posts that like post teenager church choir for him going into being a young adult adult um the men in the church still like that wasn't really a thing right. um and so like he kind of transitioned into that phase of life and then uh to be with him in church on sundays you would uh hear him singing quietly um, and, and, you know, we were the epitome of back row Baptist and he was a front of house audio engineer. So like, if he wasn't mixing front of house audio, he was in, in with us. Um, so he, he's always had a passion for worship. Um, it just kind of manifested a little bit differently. Um, because nine times out of 10, he would rather be mixing front of house audio and, and worshiping through that. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting too? I mean, you just think about, I, I think about growing up, I grew up in, in a non-denominational Christian church. Um, and then we had non-instrumental churches around us and we had instrumental churches and we had Baptist churches and we had, uh, you know, there, w but there was really only one subset of churches denominationally when I was growing up that you ever thought was expressive. And it usually came in the charismatic, you know, church of God yeah. or Pentecostal. Um, and, and so I, I literally, when I went to a Christian church and saw people express themselves, I was like, Oh, they must, they mm -hmm. must be Pentecostal. They oh, just yeah. say they're not. An, and, it, and it's so funny what we put in our head about even denominational barriers and lines. Like, um, like I know the phrase back row Baptist. Yep. I didn't grow Baptist, but I know it. I, I've heard my friends talk about it. Um, and then I would go to liturgical churches and there's a lot of beauty in some of the liturgical churches, but it's not real expressive. It's very rote and routine. And, um, and I never knew when to stand or kneel or sit, or I, I didn't know any of those things. And, um, but to give people freedom, to just simply say, you know what, it's free for you to express yourself. Now, I also think that there's, that's a double-edged sword too, because I think sometimes you got to, you got to ask yourself, what is the motive behind your expression? Right. If it's just like David undignified, I got, I can't help but express myself. Um, that, that's one thing. I think there's a line that you got to ask yourself in worship. Am I doing this for others to see me express mm -hmm. or is this my expression to God? 
and, and I gut check myself for that all the time. That's why I stand backstage and worship. Yeah. 99% of the time I'm backstage worshiping because I can freely express back there and I don't feel like I'm a spectacle. Right. If that makes it. Dylan, were you going to say something right there? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I remember just to that end, I remember being in youth group and there was this girl that I liked. She was the youth pastor's daughter. Um, and yeah, she was, <laughs> she was, um, fast forward. That is not my wife. Um, oh, but well, that was uh, a weirder uh, end she, of the story. Uh, she, uh, she was more expressive in her worship. She would raise her hands. And so I was like, well, if, if she's going to raise her hands, I'm going to raise my hands too. Um, and so the motive was definitely wrong behind it because I'm like, if I raise my hands, hopefully she'll see me raise my hands. We'll be the only two people in the room raising our hands. We'll have something common to bond over. And then, you know, then we can hold our raising hands. Right. Um, but that's kind of to that end of like wrong motivations kind of, um, in the extreme sense. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think even in our context here, like we, it's, we broadcast our services all over the world. We've got cameras everywhere. We've got, you're walking around with getting social media content. Um, I think for some people, they got to be careful to not be like, I want to be on camera. Like, I, I just, I, that's why I think when, when you go gorilla style and like, well, not like an actual gorilla, but gorilla warfare style yeah. um, and sneaking around versus just right in their grill. Um, I, I think it's probably more genuine, but at the same time, I, I know we've got enough lenses in that room and we live in a social media world um, where I, I just, I think you have to, I, I can't manage, I'm not going to manage and gut check people's worship expression. That's not mine to that's police. Yeah. Um, now, if it is unbiblical, you know, I'll never forget, I was, at a, I was at a very charismatic church in Oklahoma City, um, predominantly African-American church, um, and I, I remember it was my first experience in that kind of environment, and it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was chaotic and unbelievable at the same time. Yeah. It was like this weird organized chaos, and in the middle of the message, I'll never forget this, dude jumps up and starts speaking in tongues, like screaming, like, and I'm, I've never been around that. I'm like... He, I, I thought okay. he was speaking like a foreign language. Maybe he's, I, I didn't know. I mean, it was like gibberish. Yeah. Like it was straight up gibberish. And the pastor stopped the message and he said, ushers, come take that man out. And I was like, what? Like we're up in the balcony. So I'm watching this from like the crow's nest and yeah. you can see like these huge security guys coming. And I'm like, are they, are they going to kill him for speaking <laughs> of tongues? Like what's happening right now? And uh, they, they grabbed him, they took him out. And then the pastor said, the only reason for tongues is if there's something to be of an encouragement or edification for the body and you can't understand what I am saying. That is not biblical. We're taking him out. Wow. And I was like, I can get behind a Preach. church that will biblically go, here's how biblically this plays out. Right. Like, uh, at, he didn't say you can't speak in tongues. I, here's the deal. People ask me all the time, do you speak in tongues? I've never spoken in tongues. Now, my, my missionary friend Ajay Law would tell you different. Because when I was in India, I was preaching in front of like 7,000 students. Ajay was my translator. And I, I remember sitting on stage with him, getting ready to preach. And I said, I wish, I said, every time I'm in a foreign country, I pray that I could speak in tongues. He goes, you do. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he goes, you have an interpreter. You're giving a word of encouragement. He goes, and I'm telling them what you're saying. He goes, you speak in tongues every time you're in a foreign country. I was like, wow, huh? Well, that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. And so I just think like, but sometimes people come to the church and they're like, is this a spirit filled church? And I'm like, I know what they're asking. Right. Like, and I was like, I hope the spirit's here. Like, I hope it's not a spirit empty church. Like, I want the spirit of the Lord here. What they're really asking is, do you speak in tongues here? Yeah. Um, I've just never seen the expression of tongues in the American church. I shouldn't say never. Rarely have I seen the gift of tongues used in the biblical manner of worship, mm-hmm. the way that 
the way that scripture talks about it. Um, do I think it's active? I don't think it's a dead gift. I do think it's a very active gift. I just think you got to be really careful. Again, expressions of worship. Right. Why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Is it for your personal gain? Is it for people to see you? Is it a show? Or is it really God is doing something in you? That's that's why for me, like I, I love being backstage to worship. It's not that I don't want to worship with our people because I do. I'll go out front and worship and Usually I go to the sound booth because I love to be with Grady and Phil back there, getting their Dancing. little their rock show on while they're doing their stuff. Uh, but I, I like being back there because if I need to express myself in the way I need to, there's usually only one other person back there, maybe two, is is our security team and you or Sonia. Yep. <laughs> maybe both. Yep. Um, and I'm usually videoing you. Yeah, which is really yes. weird um, on so many levels, but it sounds weird to say. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm just back, just I would back say, there. I would say, too... Um, like in, in the vein of checking your motives, um, check your motives as you're singing too. Um, like I, I, it's, I don't know about you, but it's super easy for me to go into a church, a church service, a worship service, a worship night. And I'm just singing because everyone next to me is singing and I'm not actually thinking about what I'm saying. Um, there's a, there's a Hillsong young and free song, uh, called only want to sing. And the opening lines are, uh, this is no performance, Lord. I pray it's worship empty words. I can't afford. Um, and so sometimes I think the best thing for some of us to do, maybe all of us to do at one point or another is to just sit and listen, um, until you are actually like, I think worship is, is a special time with God. And so like, it's a conduit that you're trying to connect to. And so if you're not connected right now, then you you're singing empty words just because everyone around you singing them just because the person on stage is singing them just because they happen to appear on the screen. Uh, you're not actively connected with God and singing those words to him or considering what those words mean over your own life. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, I think all of this is said in the vein of, I can't check your motives. Only you can. Um, because I, I find myself sometimes too, because I've heard these songs a bazillion times, right? Like they can lose meaning for me. Yeah. So sometimes I just don't sometimes sing. Sometimes you're just dancing. Yeah. I just don't sing. And I just, I actually focus, like you just said, Dylan, I'll focus on words. Um, there's every once in a while, I've, I've actually done that. And I've gone back to worship teams, not here, but I've done it in the past. I'm like, uh, huh, we shouldn't do that song. Yeah. Like it's not, actually, it's not theologically correct. <laughs> it's like, huh. Yep. I've been singing that for years. And I'm like, weird. wow, that's weird. Yeah. Um, maybe we shouldn't sing that one anymore. And um, and some people are like, well, if we'd go back to hymns, that wouldn't happen. Uh, well, th- th- I've okay. seen plenty of that in hymns too. Yeah. I, actually, I love people that are like, why don't we go back and do sacred hymns? I'm like, you realize those were bar songs that were actually, they rewrote the lyrics. They like Weird Al yankovic them and made Christian lyrics out of bar tunes. So people yeah. would recognize the tunes to be able to sing along in church. Yeah. It was actually an outreach strategy is what it was um, for a lot of those old hymns. So that that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Yeah. Um, I think the other piece too of this is we, we like to equate worship with music. Worship is not just when we, we don't have just a time of worship and service and then we move on to all the other pieces. Like our life is an act of worship. And so whether you're singing three or four songs on Sunday, listening to the word, reading the word, engaging during the week, um, listening to something on the radio, listening to a podcast, like what we're doing right now, this for you could be an act of worship. Like you're, you're edifying. We're trying to encourage you to build you up, to put you in a place to see Jesus in better ways. Um, whether you're, you know, whatever that looks like for you, sometimes it's going on a hike in nature. There, there's moments I've had some of my greatest worship moments in with my, my toes in the sand with the ocean or with the mountains underneath my feet hiking. Um, don't let worship just become a 15 minute block that you see us do on Sunday morning. 
um, you can express yourself in worship in a lot of different avenues of life. That's what it is, though. It's a freedom of expression. Yeah. And how you do that to him, that's on you. Like whatever, that's genuine to you and authentic to you. It doesn't have to be right. only for five minutes on Sundays while we sing. Right. Well, I mean, go back to 90s hip hop. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got well, you, you to lean in. Like even if it is, like even if you are defining worship exclusively as singing, like song and dance, um, I, it doesn't have to just be in the four walls of the church. Like I can't tell you how many times me and Melissa are in the kitchen making dinner together and we have a, a smart speaker in the kitchen and I have like, I have like different worship playlists for different moods. So I have like a Jesus upbeat, Jesus like anxiety and different things. So like, I have a Jesus upbeat and I'm like, Hey, play the Jesus upbeat playlist. And like, we will sing and have fun listening to worship music while we're cooking. And like that for us is a moment as a husband and wife to get to worship together too. I wish when you just said that, that Alexa would have just turned that on in the background mm-hmm. and just See, I didn't say a name <laughs> to avoid that. We also that don't have Alexa awesome. in our house. We have Siri. Oh uh, yeah. Well, here's what's funny. We're a total diversion, but the other night we're watching a movie and the main character's name was Alexa. And we've got, we've got Alexa right by our TV. So every time that they would yell this chick's name in the movie, yes. our Alexa would go, can I help you? And I'm like, shut up, st- stupid. Leave me like, alone. I'm like, stop listening to us. Like, you don't need to listen to everything we do. Um, oh, she does. Oh, she does. And she does all the time. I, I, can you change Alexa to a dude's voice? I don't yes. know. You could do Siri. You can change it to Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, what? Do not. Yeah, <laughs> you can. That's there a little tidbit go. I wish I hadn't there known. There we go. Because uh, my, my you wife can, and daughter... Uh, I could just hear it's it. It's like it's like ninety nine cents. You go on the Amazon Alexa store and you can buy Samuel L. Jackson's voice. Oh my! My wife and daughter are going to hear snakes <laughs> on a plane for the rest of their life. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Well, hey, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition us from snakes on a plane and Samuel L. Jackson screaming at me through Alexa to uh, a little bit of coffee time. Now, Dylan, I'm assuming because I can't see your beautiful non bandwidth face today. Um, I'm just curious, would you be pixelated if I could see you right now? I thought about turning it on and then like finding a pixelated filter to apply to it. That'd be hilarious. What was that movie a few years ago where the all the video games? Pixel. Was it Pixel? Pixel. That's what it was called. <laughs> that's right. Hey, it's Monday, y'all. What was that movie where they were all pixelated? Pixel? Yeah, that's the one. Good job. There we go. Thanks for that, Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing on the other side of that screen, you got some, uh, you got some coffee in your hand would be my guess. Yeah, I'm working my way through that uh, James that I mentioned last weekend, and I oh, sent yeah. you some, I've, too. I've had it. I had it. I've, I'm sparingly using it. Like, I usually do 30 grams to, you know, to my Kalita at about 480 grams of water. And uh, I back that I back that off just a little bit so I can, <laughs> I can make that bag last a little longer. It's good stuff, man. I really enjoy it. Give me the tasting notes on that again. Uh, tasting notes. I don't have the bag in front of me. I know I am drinking it right now, though, and I can tell you the two most prominent are raspberry and Meyer lemon. Wait, you said you you cut out on the yeah, lemon. Yeah, what, what kind of lemon? Meyer lemon. Meyer lemon. What the heck is a Meyer lemon? I think it's more sweet than sour. Really? If it I remember is. right. Yeah. Why, why don't I not? It's kind of like a key lime and a but a Meyer lemon. Why do I not know about a Meyer lemon? I don't know. Is it like a guy's name? <laughs> like this? Is guy this the first time? Is this the first Oscar time you've Meyer. heard the word Meyer lemon? Yeah. From Oscar Meyer. Well, they created a lemon. <laughs> no, no, Oscar Meyer did not create oh. lemons. Um, very my baloney has a first name. <laughs> it's O S C A R. Um, uh, so Meyer lemon. So is it, is it for you? Is it more on the refreshing end then? Uh, yeah, actually it is. It's really nice. It's, uh, it's an easy one to sip on for me. Uh, what, what are you getting out of it? Um, well I did it again because I've not bought any more filters for my V60 or my Chemex or 
my stag. I'm still using the Kalita Wave every day right now. Um, I would have French pressed this. I haven't done a French press in a while. There's um, stag filters right behind you. I can see them. Oh, yeah. I forgot we got stuff in the studio. <laughs> and then I'd have to walk all the way over here. Um, uh, but maybe I'll just steal them when I leave. That's good. You're not here. The only other person who uses this is Aaron. Yeah, that's good. And Aaron, Aaron's going to use the V60, so. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. Uh, well, that was, thank you for diverting. I can't stop looking right now. Like <laughs> the grinder in this office has got googly eyes on it. So it's got a really big nose looking at me right now. Uh, you guys have no clue what we're talking about. But anyhow, what I get out of it through the, through the what we're talking about, the Kalita. Um, yep. It actually, I pick up more of the raspberry. And then it, almost on the back end, it has a little bit of a, uh, like a woodsy note. Like uh, not quite like hazelnut, but kind of in that family, um, which is really interesting. So, um, but then, you know, I'm over here rocking that Presta Ethiopian thinking all about, about you today because you're an Ethiopian guy, uh, from yeah. a coffee standpoint, oh. you're not an Ethiopian guy. Um, uh, I think you're a South Alabama guy. Um, Eth- eth- ethnically, I am not. Ethnically, you're not, but coffee, we both like a good Ethiopian coffee. And, uh, so I'm just, this is the last of that bag. I'm kind of finishing that up today. Love that. Now, uh, Amanda, you're not adverse to good coffee. Whoa. You like good coffee. I love good coffee. Yeah. But I have a sinus infection right now. And they say don't drink coffee when you do. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I Who's I would they? actually agree with it's it. I don't do it for any reason other than I can't taste it or enjoy it. Well, that too. I don't want to waste my money. Who's they though? Who's Who are these they that told you this? Was it WebMD? Google. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google. It says it dehydrates you and then it's bad. You know, you know Google sometimes doesn't always tell you the truth. Probably. Uh, I'm just saying. So, but recently, but I do feel like I need. I'm hurting. Yeah. Well, well, you said at the beginning of the podcast, I got energy. I'm all excited. I burned it saying that. Yeah, you did. That's true. Um, I don't know why I made you sound like a weirdo. Usually like you I, make me sound like a nerd. Like I made you sound like a like a dying chicken. Um. So, but like recently, I know you you've branched into some other places recently. Like what what are some of the places you're you're living in coffee wise these days? The place that I just keep going back to. Well, I do pour my coffee on Saturdays now. That's my jam. Yellow Brick. I'm all about Yellow Brick coffee right now. That Guatemalan, can't get over it. And then they made me an orange mocha. I never knew. Oh, wait. A, well, hold on. An orange mocha. You put, it's an orange mocha. It's got orange flavor. I, I heard it. all the words you said. I just need you to explain <laughs> it a little better. Oranges like, and mocha that's together. It. Like and orange syrup or actual orange? No, like actual orange. And it is fantastic. Really? She goes, do you want me to do it? And in my head, I said, no. And in my mouth, I said, yes. Mm. And she made it. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. You know what's, it, it I really got the good. same problem. My mouth gets me in a lot of trouble too. My right. head will always be like, you shouldn't do that. But my mouth's like, this will be fun. Let's Every try it. Every time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Dylan, you and I have been Yellow Brick fans for a long time too. Um, yeah. yeah. Yellow Brick's a great one in Tucson. They're, 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 in my opinion, they're top three here in Tucson. Um, maybe top four. Um, I might put XO in front of them. Uh, I don't know. I really like EXO a lot here in town. Uh, obviously, Cartel is always the OG for me. I love Cartel. Um, Presta's got some good. Presta, it's hard to, uh, dude, there's. I put, Presta, I put Presta at number one, Yellow Brick at number two, Cartel three. I haven't See, had EXO, so I, I can't. would. I would put, I'd put Presta probably number one. I'd put EXO number two, probably Yellow Brick three, and Cartel four. That, that would be my order. Yeah. Um, and then actually the new coffee shop over here in Vail, um, which I can never remember the name of. Pour my coffee. Pour my. It's called Pour My Coffee. That's why I can't remember. It. I don't like your name. Yeah. I like your coffee. I like your shop. I don't yeah. like your name because I, I. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Pour My Coffee. I guess it kind of does. Walk in. Hey, Pour My Coffee. <laughs> like, can you imagine if we walked in? Hey, how can I help you? Pour my coffee. Yeah. That actually, that would be a. You know how brilliant a marketing strategy that is. Absolutely. If you walk in and say Pour My Coffee, I'll you get ten percent off. Ooh, I like that. Pour my coffee. Ten percent off. The better. It's kind of like Ed DeBevick. You ever go to that restaurant in Chicago where 
the servers are supposed They're to be rude to, to you. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've always wanted to go. We should make a coffee shop like that. That'd be fun. Except if you come in and you're mean to us, we give you a discount. <laughs> it's opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. Hey, uh, jerk, make my coffee. Great customer service. Yeah. Mean customer. Mean customer. Well, yeah. that's that's kind of like every place these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, their their coffee is actually good. I was it's pleasantly good. surprised by their coffee. Yep. And Dylan, I actually, I went twice and I, I thought of you. Because the first time, you know what my drink is when I go in. I'm going to do an Americano, six shot. They look at me like I've lost my mind because it's like cracking a cup. Um. And then I went back in and I did your drink just to see. And I, Cortado? Yes. And you know, I don't divert into mochas and Cortados and I don't do a lot of milk-based drinks. Um, but their Cortado was really good, bro. Like I thought of you. I was like, Dylan would like this. You would have liked it. It was good. That warms, that warms my heart. Mm, it warmed oh. my insides. Um, <laughs> Literally. And then <laughs> then I realized why I don't drink milk. Um, <laughs> Later? It that's rewarmed okay. my insides all over again. Um, that's way more information than any of you on this podcast ever wanted to know. But um, yeah, that but almost it almost warns the train whistle. Uh, no, no. Well, all right. I'll get. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. And uh, Amanda's over here knocking microphones my, over on the table. My brain went elsewhere. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's okay. good. Um, that, that's what you should call a coffee shop. Upper GI. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, literally what Starbucks. Oh uh, yeah. That. Well, that's that's true. Starbucks is they clear out a lot of things. Um, but so what else are you anything else that you're uh, got in the queue over there to be in the coffee round there, Dylan? Um, I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, me and Aaron have started this thing where we swap coffees back and forth with each other. Um, so I've got a coffee from him that's supposed to be here tomorrow. Um, and he won't tell me what it is. Um, but I'm super excited for it to get here so I can uh, give that a try. So, I've got two Atmos canisters halfway full right now. So it's um, like a little, uh, like a little like white elephant coffee gift. Yeah, kind of. Except coffee costs way more than 10 bucks. Yeah, we have a, we have a standing agreement that we will never spend more than $25 on each other. Um, so Man, you guys are good friends. That's way too much to spend on people, but, but it works out well because like I usually keep two coffees in the queue in my office here. And whenever one is getting low in theory, the one from him should be arriving. And then I'll shortly after that be sending one to him. And it, it kind of bounces out well because that's how much we would be spending on ourselves anyway. It's just something that we think each other would like. So we send it to each other and talk so, about it. So you can't probably tell me what you sent him yet. Cause he might hear this. I haven't sent yet. Uh, I did the first one. The first one I did for him was the enjoy coffee from Rhode Island that I talked about. Oh, while I was yeah. There. yeah. 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 Okay. I did that for him, and I actually, I think I did one more for him, too. All I know is I walked in my office the other day, and I didn't know that you'd sent that coffee, and there was this little baggie sitting on my desk of coffee, and I was like, it's finally happened. I got people bringing me, like, dime bags of coffee. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, wow. Like what? And then I walked by Chris's office and saw one on his desk. I was like, hey, where'd that come from? Mm -hmm. He was like, that's from Dylan. I was like, okay, good, 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 good. Um, (laughs) Because I was scared it might be laced with something, and I was scared, like... I might get, I might get the anthrax or something like that. The Um, anthrax. anthrax. I read that on the Facebook and the Google (laughs) right after I went to the Walmart. (laughs) Oh, I got to get us out of this segment y'all. Um, but that's good coffee. If you want yellow brick, if you want pour my coffee, pour my coffee, um, you want James, James is, if you go to James coffee website, like there's nothing bad on there. The Pete McKinnon series with the golden hour and all that still some of my favorite coffee. Um, so I would, any, any of the above, any of the above that we've mentioned, I would encourage you, especially if you live in the Tucson area, you can't go wrong with Presta, XO, Yellow Brick, Cartel. Like there's, there's a lot of good coffee here in Tucson. Surprisingly, a lot of good coffee in Tucson. Does that surprise you a little bit, Dylan? It does. Um, surprises me a little bit, but I still have my fingers crossed that one day necessity will make it to Tucson. 
John, I still love you if that helps. John, if you hear this. If John's listening. John, if you're listening, Mr. Necessity himself, I love you. We should be friends. I miss your musk. I miss it. <laughs> There's a lot of Anchorman quotes on this thing today. Um, so we we got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Like, can I just share with you all? My, my head's a little overwhelmed this week at Pantano. You don't uh, say. Uh, there's there's a few things happening this week. I, I've got. I decided I'm going to host two sets of friends this week in town, um, and they overlap, which is no big deal. Yeah, it was brilliant planning on my really stupid part, or stupid planning on my really brilliant part. I haven't figured out mm-hmm. which it is yet. Um, but I got my friend uh, Brooke and his wife Sandra, who are the heads of Go Ministries. They're going to be in town actually tonight, and they're going to be in town for the next couple of days. We're planning a big fundraiser event here in Tucson in the spring. It's going to be a, a fundraising golf tournament here in the area. So they're in town. We're kind of lining up details for that. So uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, I'm going to be spending most of the day with them. And then uh, Wednesday afternoon, Darian and Lion King crew and worship crew from around the country, uh, 17 of them show up here on Wednesday. And uh, then they're actually going to help lead worship for students on Wednesday night. Um, And I'm going to be, Chris and I and Josiah are going to jump in with them and have some fun. And uh, so if you've got a student, sixth through 12th grade, I would send them Wednesday night. It would be uh, worth yes. be worth having them here. There's going to be a lot of adults here. Like, yeah. oh, I have to chaperone my yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a weird adult, okay? Don't be creepy. Just, <laughs> just show, drop them off just and go. Just drop them off and go have a date night yeah. or something. Um, and then uh, and then Thursday night is, is worship night. Thursday morning, they're going to be at Gospel Rescue Mission, leaning in with the Gospel Rescue folks, which I'm really, really excited about. Our partnership with them continues to grow. Of course, Dylan, you and Amanda both know. I mean, Robert has been on the forefront out there helping us get our Gospel Rescue um, Pantano Anywhere site going in the last year. And it is, I, I meet dudes every Sunday here that are like, they're like, Trevor, I'm, I'm Gospel Rescue. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what's your real name? Your name's yeah. not Gospel Rescue. And uh, and then they're like, we go every Sunday night. We, we're there every Sunday night. We're bringing people. We've, gosh, we have baptized. I can't tell you how many people we've baptized from GRM in the last yeah. three, four months. And um, it's just cool to see that we get to partner in this way. We get to take the Lion King guys down there. We get to pour into them in a different way where they really feel seen and special. Uh, we get to go through a party. Yep. Just like we talked about yesterday. Um, Rooted is in full swing right now. Uh what anything else you guys have on your calendars that you're like hey don't don't forget about this little tidbit um uh, serve our city it's coming up oh yeah um rocky point rocky, rocky point dylan are current. you guys are you doing rocky point this year i know you obviously you guys are in san diego are you going to rocky point i know you've done it in the past are you are you going to rocky we've point? done it in the past uh because of melissa's position she's not allowed to leave the country without super special permission oh yeah that makes um, sense so even though we live like 10 miles away i was gonna say you mexico, live like right on the tijuana border um, yeah, like we can see Mexico from our back balcony, so uh, we just can't we hmm. we can't walk over there. Ironically, I can see it kind of from my place too if I look hard enough. Um, <laughs> just a little farther, but okay. my vision's pretty good. I can okay. I can see a long way. It actually is. Okay. Um, probably better than I yours. Can see Mexico. Mm, that's I can. I love lamp. Um, <laughs> there's another one for you. Um, yeah, actually, Rocky Point again is one of those. If if you want a really easy entry point into something global, um, have you been to Rocky Point, Amanda? I've been there on vacation, but not to serve. But not to serve. And I uh, want to. Are so you badly. going this year? Not this one. I'm doing the next. You're one. You're gonna do the next yep. one. Um, so I would encourage you if you can go, go. A couple hundred usually go every year. And this year, unlike a lot of years in the past, I love our registration this year. Is a lot of people that have never gone before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of like the couple hundred, 150 that are already signed up. I think over. I think I heard. I may, may, be, may be making this number up, but I think I heard over 70 of those registered or brand new have yeah, never gone on this trip, which is really, really cool. Yep. Um, and, and then of course, serve our cities coming and it's one of my favorite events we do all year. We send thousands of people across the city of Tucson. We partner with other churches. 
And uh, something we're developing this next year, uh, this year, is we're going to do a churchwide or a citywide sermon series um, that we thankfully have been able to develop and produce here, and we're going to give to other churches, and it's called The Churches Left the Building. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to just, as a city, have a bunch of churches doing the same thing together at the same time. I think it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. And uh, if your church would be interested in being a part of that, if you're hearing this and you're a church leader and you're not in Tucson and you're like, man, we'd like to figure out how to do this, let us know. We'll help you. Uh, we'll send you all the resources. We'll send you all the graphics. We'll send you the videos, the design, um, and we'll send you all the sermons. And you can adapt those for your your local area. And uh, we can help you figure out what that looks like. Um, anything else, guys, that you got that we need to make sure our people here at Pantano know about? I don't think is so. I think enough? that covers. Uh, yeah, we Did, have a lot. Well, Christmas is coming. I was just going to say Christmas and then maybe a little something after Christmas, yeah. but Christmas is well, coming. We'll let that be a secret. Mm-hmm. There's That's a little surprise after Christmas, uh-huh. a little after Christmas party. We won't talk about that right now. Um, Dylan, I know you weren't you weren't here, but uh, we had our Christmas planning meeting last week, and I'm sitting in there while it's 104 out going, we're planning Christmas right now. Where it's um, going to be 103. Yeah. Uh, it will not be at Christmas. If it is, well... That Jesus is coming back in a completely different way this Christmas. Um, but actually, I'm really excited. The number one question I get asked when I'm people are like, hey, why don't you ever preach on this? The number one thing is always, will you preach on Revelation? And uh, so for Christmas, we're actually going to go through Revelation. And we're going to, it's called, the series is called This is War. And some of you guys are like, that doesn't sound very Christmassy. Actually, I think it's the most accurate depiction of Christmas because Jesus coming to earth is declaring war on the enemy. Yep. And, uh, and it is going to be an unbelievable, it's a completely different take on Christmas, but I think it's one that when you get to the very bottom of it, you're going to find is probably the most applicable to where we are in life. It's going to be the most powerful series all year. I'm, sure. I'm really excited for yeah. it. Um, and we start a new series next week called SOS, uh, Stories Over Stuff. And uh, the whole premise of that series is when you die, um, people are going to gather and do one of two things. They're going to they're gonna tell great stories about the legacy that you left from a kingdom mindset or they're going to have an estate sale and sell all your stuff. And uh, when I get to the end of my life, I want I want to leave a legacy that goes generations deep, that people will continue to live out the gospel as a result, not sell our stuff and maybe donate the money to something else. Yeah. Um, well, guys, really good episode today. Um, celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah, it's it's good. Oh, I, I got real quiet so you could sing that and then you stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, what else you got over there? Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with today as we get ready to roll out of this? Man, that's it for me. I think you got to roll the outro and let me talk to him again. Well, yeah, that's true. We always tell them thanks for listening. And then you come back on and you're like, thanks for listening. And then, uh, and then we say, we'll see you again next week. And I'm like, I don't ever see any of these people. Like I'm on a <laughs> microphone and they're not on a screen. Um, but we are really glad that you listen. Thank you. Every week, you know, it's really funny. I, oh, by the way, Dylan, I forgot to tell you this. I'm walking through the cafe yesterday. One of our high school boys yells my name. I turn around. He goes, Team Chupacabra. So that means he listens. And that's another vote for Team Chupacabra. It means a couple of things. It means he listens and he's misinformed. I don't know. I've had some very, very wise adults that I would deem as very smart people that have told me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Chupacabra's real. I think the make needs to sponsor a, a hunting party. Oh, I, I don't even need to make to do it. I think we just, we, I'll, I'll host a, I'll host a hunting party, a chupacabra hunting party. And, uh, I'm going to, where does one, where does one go to hunt? Uh, Where does one hunt? I I will, you know what? I'll ask the chupacabra experts. I will, I will ask them. Ask your people. I will ask my, well, I can see Mexico from here. So I'll ask my people (laughs) if it has to be there or if they, if they've made their way into the Tucsonian mountain ranges. And, uh, and maybe you could ask down there. Maybe if you go down to Tijuana, maybe you could find you a chupacabra. (laughs) 
Yeah, we've been informed that we live in North Mexico. So, um, well, you kind of yeah. do. It's pretty close. Um, maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll get Saul because mm-hmm. Saul's Team Chupacabra. Yep. And maybe I'll get Saul. And Saul, if you're listening to this, let's get a little hunting party. And then we bring back a Chupacabra pelt and um, maybe mail that to uh, Sir Dylan. And uh, then you have to post that on your, or maybe we make you a Chupacabra hat like the, uh, like Davy Crockett, remember those? Like out of the fur? Yeah. The tail? <laughs> yeah, like you get a chupacabra hat, like instead of a coonskin cap. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I've not I've not seen one in person yet. So if they have a tail, you got to wear a chupacabra tail hat. It's okay. happening. And, uh, and you got to wear it everywhere in San Diego for a day. You got to <laughs> you got to go to every coffee shop you go to with a chupacabra. No matter how hot it is outside. I don't care. How, I hope it's the hottest day on the planet and you're sweating outside of it. You got chupacabra fur stuck to your face <laughs> like a beard. <laughs> Pulling it out um, of his mouth. Yeah, this that's just such like an awkward turn <laughs> and so many levels. But uh, Team Chupacabra is alive and well, and uh, apparently more people listen to this than I know. Uh, so thank you for listening to the make all the chaos that it is. Hopefully, you get a little something out of this. Do us a favor if you like this podcast, uh, go review it. Leave us a leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, if you don't and, like it, don't say anything. And if you don't like it, just keep your mouth shut. Okay, man, your fingers off the keyboard. Uh, and if you uh, if you would be so inclined, share this. Um, so other people get to be a part of the chaos that is the make. Uh, but we're so excited you're a part of Pantano. You're a part of what's going on around here. And if you're not a part of Pantano and uh, you just like being a part of this, thanks for being a part of the make. If you're looking for a place that you want to plug in, we'd love to have you be a part of what's going on here. Um, but guys, thanks for being on today. Another great episode. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.